Welcome to the Two Wolves Wellness Podcast. This is Rosalind. I'm Austin. I'm Nick. And today we are recording episode two of our podcast. Today we're going to be talking about our relationship with food and um, some common diets that are pretty popular right now. How we kind of go about on a daily basis, how we feel and what we eat. So to start off, Nick's going to share our article for this week. Off to you. It's uh, from Science Alert. Uh, Japan approves groundbreaking experimental experiment bringing human animal hybrids to term. Oh, lovely! Is this the is this the monkey story? No, no, no this no, is the so one? they're going to start with mice and okay. then ultimately they're going to work their way to sheep and pigs. Interesting. And that idea is like giving as an embryo, giving it stem cells, and then like growing a pancreas. So like I think they're going to do pancreas first in the mice and hopefully grow a pancreas that's fully functional for a human and then they could like basically sheep and pigs would be used as organ donors instead of People? humans wait so the the mouse is going to grow a and human a pancre- human pancreas interesting that's the goal just but like separate from the rest of its body like i mean it just well like, it would be internal but y- y- yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah yeah i wasn't thinking it was just like like it was going to carry a bag <laughs> around and it was going to like go to the store with its you know oh i'm growing my pancreas you know people are going to come up rub its you know rub the outside of it you yeah know, like. i mean they might <laughs> but yeah very interesting so okay so how does a how does a human pancreas fit inside a mouse Great I think it's gonna be. A, it's probably a rat. I think oh, okay. I'm misremembering. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's probably gonna be a rat. In the New York but City yeah, area. I mean, I yeah, because I, I mean, like, I can understand maybe a, you know, a pig because pigs yeah. are pretty big and and you can fit an extra whole organ in there. Yeah, and the, like animal-human hybrids have been already made. They've just never been allowed to bring to term. Yeah. So this is the first time they're actually get it, getting to term. Sure. I mean, which is very interesting. I mean, this opens up a whole lot of ethical questions, right? Which I mean, like, yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, if they detect more than 30% of the rodent's brain are human, they will suspend the experiment uh, indefinitely. Oh, so because they do not, they want to prevent humanized animals from ever coming to existence. That's interesting. So they think that there's a, the centaurs here, the stem cell could reach the rat's brain and it could, well, so ideally they're going to program it to make whatever they're like, whatever parts they're wanting. I, and I think, I think what their idea is like, the sh- pig's lungs would be human lungs instead of pig lungs, and then they just harvest those. But there's a chance that it would also cause the brain to be p- partially human, and then you might have sentient or slightly sentient, sli- slightly sentient, he- like pig humans walking yeah. around. Yeah, I mean, we already There's ex- an episode you know, of Doctor Who. Or yeah, I was thinking Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy yeah. with the whale falling. You know, it's <laughs> like he just like realizes, hey. Oh, what do I what do I call this? I guess it's air whooshing by my ears. <laughs> <laughs> and he like invents words as he's like falling to his doom. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I mean I, I think I think that is is really, you know, I I think it's gonna offer, you know, obviously a break it would be a huge breakthrough in, in, in medicine in general, just with, you know, growing organs. I mean, that's already something that we've been trying to do for a while now, but and it's in such a high demand. It's, people right. wait for years and years hoping to find a match and for the whatever they need. And and they do have it down to I mean, to a science because it's science. But they have it down to where they can target it. So like they're pretty confident that it's not going to be like a half human brain or anything like that. Like the, it'll grow the lungs or whatever they're trying to 
target whatever organ they're trying to have that animal grow. Yeah, I mean, what? But yeah, I mean, that, there is always that possibility that if that happens, like, what? Like, they, uh, yeah, they already said they're going to kill it, but is it human life? Like, it's a lot of ethical questions that yeah. you have to start at considering. I mean, it's, it's it's obviously great. I mean, I I think you know, reaching any sort of new science medical breakthrough like this, where we could legitimately have people, you know, who who you could do a lung transplant on someone who's a burn victim. Yeah. You know, people who who don't, you know, they're not just trying to, it's, it's a tragic accident, but because they have any healthy cell whatsoever, you get a whole new functioning pair of lungs. Like, that would be, yeah, that'd it'd be, be incredible. incredible. Yeah. Hey, Cheetah might uh, <laughs> go a little crazy because you yeah. have all these warehouses of pigs growing lungs and hearts and then you're slaughtering them for their organs. But, I mean, I think ultimately it, that's, there's potential for a lot of good. Yeah. There's also I think potential the good for would a lot of weird. <laughs> the weird and bad. But the house has a long way to go. We're yeah. only on rats, and the rat hasn't even been brought all the way to term. They've just been told they're allowed to. Crazy. That's something. Yeah. <sighs> wow. All right. Well. So on now on to food. <laughs> food. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is a very easy transition. Could use some talking about pigs and bacon. I mean, I could use some bacon mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Well, we could talk about bacon. So to get into the topic for this week, our relationship with food. Um, funnily enough, as we were talking about this before we started recording, we were talking about comfort food. And whether or not Austin had any comfort foods, which we so <laughs> pleasantly reminded him that, yes, he indeed does have food that comfort him. I feel like I have to defend myself No, now, not at all. <laughs> we all do. But that's the thing is... is our relationships with food grow so intensely with some items that we are like mentally and emotionally affected by them. Whether that's good or bad, we can discuss. But um, yeah, so I thought we'd go around the room and just kind of talk about our own personal relationships with foods. Do we have comfort foods? You know, what do we think we do well with our diet, and what do we think we do poorly with our diet? But yeah, let's get let's get going. Austin, why don't you? Start? You want me to go first? Yeah. Oh, I'm the, okay. So. What's your comfort food, Austin? <laughs> As he told us, I don't have any. Yeah, no, I, I, I that's true. I, I really, so I, I, let me, I'll explain a little bit better. That way my answer can make sense. And then I think we'll get into the actual foods themselves. But, you know, ever since I was a little kid, you know, food has been something that you needed to do in order to not be hungry. It's not something that I really go into thinking I want to have the best meal every time or i think about um you know what what type of you know thinking about it being the healthiest thing every time it's it's literally what what's going to get me to the next four hours what's going to get me to the next you know six hours to get to go from lunch to dinner uh i've been intermittent fasting now for the last shoot i th- I was thinking about it the other day i think it's been almost four or five years like four wow. or five years yeah so um how long uh, do you go for uh so i go for eight, i mean i go for 16 hours okay so okay. so lunch to dinner and that's about and then i don't eat breakfast yeah so uh but that was really kind of you know i mean in all honesty that was really done out of I just don't. I, when I wake up, I just don't find <laughs> any food to be appetizing, and and, and it's 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 just obviously that's a personal thing. It's not something that 
uh, everybody deals with. But I, I, I'm just trying to make it that next meal. So I, I think for a long while, I, I really didn't consider what I was eating. You know, it was just, you know, w- what, you know, and, I, and I'm, I'm a little, sometimes I can be a little weak of stomach. So when I think about the food I want to have and when I eat so little of it to begin with, I want to make sure that what I'm eating is something I'm comfortable with and that I'm not going to get sick from eating. Yeah. Um, so uh, I tend to stick uh, with a lot of, you know, kind of starchy things just because those are very easy on the stomach for me. Uh, so as, as Nick alluded to, Nick <laughs> and Roz were alluding, I mean, one of the things that I love is bread. I, I love all sorts of bread. Um, it, like legit, I, they're like, hey, we're going, we're going out and we're going to pick up food for everybody. What do you want, Austin? And I'm like, I just... Could you just bring me back some rolls? Like that would be great. <laughs> I could I could really use some rolls right now, and and, and I think it's you know it, it's kind of my love for bread is kind of irrational. Besides the fact that it tastes amazing, <laughs> you're also Italian. Well, that that is true. Um, it's deep seated. It's love. a deep seated <laughs> love. Deep genetics. It's I mean, like it's in the. I gen- love bread. Yeah, I Nick love pasta. Italian. So it might just be. Maybe. Also deep seated within us. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Hey. That's. <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but that. That's probably it. Um. So yeah. I mean. I. And I gotta say, like, I'm not. I'm probably not the best eater in the world. Um. I do try to vary it up, and and when I go out, I try to make sure that I, you know, get my my protein, my starch, and my vegetable, and 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 if I can kind of hit those at least a couple times a week, I feel pretty good about it. But, I mean, I I gotta say that's. That's about the extent to which I monitor my diet. I mean, outside of that, it, it's, you know, uh, there is, you know, some fast food in there and um, trying to just, what what can I eat to just kind of push forward, you know, get to the next meal of the day. Yeah. No, I totally get that. You know, especially because, you know, with work, I mean, it's so tough to, you know, when you're, when you're working, it's, it's hard to, to prep really good meals. And I, I know that's really more of a laziness thing for me than it is an actual skill and or... Yeah, because how many <laughs> times do you go into the office each week? <laughs> hey. Yes, Austin works mostly remote but from it's, home. But <laughs> it's very important that I be on my game and working. Ah, uh, you mean... <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, I think it's funny because I'm kind of the opposite of that, or at least my upbringing around food was the opposite of that. My mom loves to cook. And so from a young age, it was like she was just always cooking in the kitchen. She took a lot of cooking classes when I was in like elementary, middle school, high school. And so it was like, oh, what did mom make tonight? It's probably going to be pretty tasty. Like she went above and beyond with the meals she would prepare. So I was definitely able to recognize like high quality food and like good tasting food. Um, But surprisingly, I don't think it really affected my own personal choices once I like moved out of the house um i definitely had a better understanding of what was healthy and good for me to eat and to avoid carbs and all that kind of sort of stuff um but as of late my relationship with food has been interesting um just a side note fact i got attuned to reiki level one almost three weeks ago now And what they say happens is like your body goes through this cleanse and you can notice all these changes about preferences, whether it be with food or just in general and like what your body normally reacts to might be different. And I've definitely noticed that certain foods are no longer appealing to me or 
upset my stomach immediately when I eat them. So traditionally in my life, I have a giant sweet tooth. Um, cake, cookies, anything sweet. I mean, but who doesn't? I mean, <laughs> just there are some people who don't. I, I mean, I, there's honestly, really pe- I didn't. Before, before Nick before met me, he didn't like sweets. Oh, I, wow. I, I never ate sweets. I know. It was we've been insane. we've been friends for a while now, and I'm just now learning this. So that's <laughs> that's really yeah, incredible. Before I was with Rosalind, I did not eat sweets. Interesting. Yeah. I, it was very like maybe my birthday. Yeah. Or like if we went out to like a really like a restaurant that we never went to. Yeah. I might get cheesecake. Okay. Yeah, I know. Insane. That who was is it. this person? Anyway, so yeah. Or if somebody brought a cannoli. Oh, if it was a cannoli, that, yeah, hands down, I'd eat that. Yeah. Couldn't pass up a cannoli. But yeah, so, I mean, I had a huge sweet tooth. But in the last three weeks, it's been less and less. And like a week and a half ago, we kind of decided to get more fruit. Um, We didn't really eat a whole lot of fruit just from the sugar content. I kind of have found out in the last year or so that sugar really affects um, my body in a negative way, depending on what it is. Um, But we... We thought that was probably processed, like processed sugar. Processed sugar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, obviously, my sweet tooth, cake, cookies, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, so yeah, we brought back in fruit, and that has like quenched my craving, which has been really interesting to observe. But certain things I've been eating really upset my stomach, and they're foods that are fine, were fine weeks ago. So it's just interesting to kind of see how my relationship with food is changing because I'm not, I used to be like, okay, what are we going to have? Especially when we were eating more like takeout food, like, Oh, I can't wait to go get Chick-fil-A. All I can think about is getting Chick-fil-A. Now it's like, I'm not even really thinking about what my next meal is going to be. I'm just going to aim for it to be something clean, green, get some protein, whatever. Um, so it's just been really interesting because my relationship with food is just kind of constantly changing right now. So I'm interested in where it's going to move into next. Yeah. Um, my re- my relationship with food has been interesting, I guess. Uh, basically name a diet and I've probably tried it. <laughs> um, mostly just because out of curiosity. But I've always just been interested in like nutrition in general and, you know, keeping my weight in check because um, my family does have a history of being overweight and whatnot, so uh, just from a young age, I've always wanted to keep that in check. So I, I learned more and more about dieting and you know how many calories you're supposed to consume and all of that. And over you time, you were also majorly into fitness, so it yeah, yeah. With. So it kind of went along along with that. And then for a while, I did bodybuilding, so I was doing a cut, um, got down really low in weight and very low body fat content, and got really sick. So I haven't done that again since. Probably just did it in a very poor way, but uh, did not feel good. So yeah. I, I don't know. I've done lots of different things, but I, I found like I think the the best diet that I've been on is probably paleo. Yeah, it's the most well rounded. I really enjoyed keto, and I recommend doing it. Which we'll talk about these two, like, like at least once a year. Um, but like for long term. I, I really enjoy eating just clean mm-hmm. whole foods. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's, I think it's interesting to see how, you know, y'all have come together to, to figure out what, what foods you're going to, to make when you were both, it seems like you were both raised very differently when it comes to food. Like, you know, Nick had to have a lot of, you had to come up with a lot of your own ideas on, on what, 
eating right was with with what you were trying to accomplish yeah and my mom never like fed us poorly like we'd have chicken and like broccoli with cheese and stuff like it was never anything bad for us it was just she didn't know my dad didn't know it's just like you you eat protein you eat carbs you eat greens like it wasn't like any reasoning behind it but we still had like snacks and chips and stuff in our house so sure yeah, I mean, and and I and I will say this in defense of my parents. I don't want, I don't want people thinking like they just gave me crap and all this stuff. Then they did, they only fed you bread. That yeah, was it. yeah. Well, oh, shoot, if I could, oh man, I would. <laughs> I totally would. I know I can't just, I know I can't just eat bread all the time. I wish I could though. Uh, but you know, I mean, my parents did a really good job of of making you know good meals for for us and, uh, you know, I, not to the level I think that that Rosalind's mom did. Um, but well, th- they're they're to an interesting level to where they go out to restaurants and they <laughs> rate the meal that they had and nice restaurants and nice restaurants restaurants that I had I would never have stepped foot in because they're, we're foodies though. Well, I are. don't know how much of a foodie I am, but my family is definitely foodie. Yeah, it's it's deep seated foodie. So, but what I think is they definitely came from a different background than you and I. Yeah, what I think right. is yeah. interesting though is that all of our families really did do a lot of home cooking, mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. definitely yeah. which might lead to why we have like more positive relationships with food is just that we've seen our families making food you know our entire upbringing yeah i mean uh, i i think you know when nick you know nick's talking paleo and stuff that was you know that's something that that i did for a while um and then when i was trying to when i was working out and trying to you know get bigger i mean it was always the formula for more energy in or less energy in than you put out to lose weight i mean that always really stuck with me um and it's so far worked pretty well because you know for a while there i stopped working out and people were like how do you how do you still stay you know kind of fit i mean obviously wasn't strong but i wasn't gaining a lot of weight and i was well i stopped eating as much (laughs) and and i think a lot of you know i think this happens to athletes like real you know intense athletes you know you, you you do so much exertion but you eat so much to maintain it and then you stop that exertion and almost inevitably you start gaining weight. So mm-hmm. I, I yeah. Yeah. that, that has always been, you know, that, that was always an easy decision for me because food was not a critical part of my day. I never, I've never seen food as a critical part of my day, just kind of a, which I think is different. You know, I, 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 I know friends who are like, Oh my gosh, I'm starving. Like I can't wait for the next meal. And I'm like, eh, that's all right. <laughs> I mean, I've gone whole days without eating and, and been fine. You know, yeah. the next day I'm a little hungry, but, you know, it's it's something in a, in a lot of ways, food is, is a nuisance to me. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but like I, I think it stems from my uh, when I was a kid and I played a lot of video games and it was like, I don't want to stop playing video <laughs> games, but I have to eat something. And That's where protein shakes come in. Out. Yeah, see, that's see if Nick and I were friends, and, uh, and when we were kids, I would have definitely not gotten much accomplished because he'd have just been like, "Here you go, let me lean this out for you, Austin. This will this will keep you going for a while." <laughs> Protein shake, a bang, and you'll keep playing that game yeah. all uh, night long. Oh yeah, yeah, that's probably a Children, good thing. We do not advise this. Yeah, no, <laughs> definitely not. Yeah, definitely. no, I won't be giving my kids that. No. Yeah, that's definitely not something. I think anybody should really be doing. <laughs> that's Not probably for a, a sustained long period. Yeah, that sounds like a super unhealthy relationship with food. Nick. Probably. <laughs> but I think back to your point, Austin. Uh, it's just kind of hit home. Hits home that everyone is different. Like literally, every body 
is different. Yeah, and there's we can not all, one diet. Yeah, there's not one diet that's going to work for everybody. And, you know, I might eat certain things that don't sit well with, you know, certain people. Like eggs. Yeah, unfortunately. A couple years ago, I found out I think I'm allergic to eggs. And it was a very depressing thing to find out. But what can you do? You know, you move on. And well, you, you can just, just not eat them. That That is something you can do. Well, and that's something I have done. But breakfast, I think probably the way my relationship with food kind of shifted was when breakfast couldn't be breakfast anymore. Because breakfast for me was like either miguitas, which is like a kind of Hispanic tradition of like scrambled eggs with tortilla that's been fried up. And, you know, breakfast was like pancakes and uh, French toast and all that kind of stuff. And I kind of cut out you know, processed carbs and breads and stuff because I found that when we did keto, that really helped me feel better. I didn't feel as like, I don't know, just cruddy. And so I cut that out too. So breakfast kind of turned into lunch or dinner, which basically is all the same meal. I mean, I'm having like a protein, I'm having vegetables and I'm having maybe some sweet potatoes. I mean, it's kind of like varies up. So that probably changed my relationship with food too which has been interesting. But yeah, so kind of like jump into the diets we were going to talk about. We were going to talk about keto. We were going to talk about paleo. We were going to talk about kind of the standard American diet of what people eat now. Um, But I think the main thing with diets like keto and paleo and especially keto is inflammation, like what you're targeting as a benefit from a diet. Yeah. Um, Or if you're trying to kill cancer cells. Yeah. it's, It's such a health benefit to go yeah. a period of time turning your energy into ketones. I mean, it's just really interesting because it just cuts that inflammation and uh, yeah, it's incredible with what a simple thing like that can do that I think a lot of people don't, the mass American culture might not understand how yeah. much inflammation plays into your day to day. And I typically tell people like you don't do keto. The goal should not be to lose weight. If you're wanting to yeah. do keto, like that is a benefit that comes like with it, but you should be doing it to like basically as this elimination diet to see what foods are not good for you, like trigger you personally, yeah, um, cause you inflammation and then ultimately like do it for the three months to where you're depleting your body of all glycogen and not having, giving any sugar to cancer yeah. cells in your body. Which is amazing. I mean, it is a treatment for people that have cancer. Which I'm not saying you should do that either for instead of like chemo or any right. other yeah. cancer treatments. Always it, consult your just something provider. Yeah. Okay, so what's what is the standard American diet? I think that's probably a good place to start. Just to high fat, high carb, low protein. Well, and like I did some googling, and uh, they say it's just a dietary pattern categorized by high intakes of red meat, processed meat, prepackaged foods, butter, fried foods, high fat dairy products, eggs, refined grains, potatoes, corn, and high sugar drinks. Um, and it says about three fourths of the population has an eating pattern that is low in vegetables, fruits, dairy, and oils. Um, and more than half of the population is meeting or exceeding total grain and total protein food recommendations. So it's just kind of like there's a framework that's put out that you can probably find if you Google it of what the standard American diet is as like a, a rule. But if we look at the data, people are exceeding those standards 
to unhealthy measures, like to unhealthy amounts. Well, yeah, and they're eating really high fat. Yeah. And really high carb. And processed. Which is processed, too processed. Like you either do one or the other. You do like carbs and low fat or high fat, low carb. Yeah. Because carbs cause cause inflammation. That inflammation is pushing on your arteries, and the high fat is what's causing blockages. So you either you do one or the other. Like you can have fat, like all high cholesterol in your system is if you're eating really low carb, because then you're not going to have that blockage because your that inflammation is going down and the pressure is it's not pushing in on the artery vein. Yeah. So I mean, you know, when I hear that, I I hear a lot of a lot of my diet, which is not (laughs) obviously not great. Well, it's it's everyone's diet. I mean, we don't uh, eat perfect a hundred percent of the time. I think it's a, I mean, I do think it is a product of kind of where we are getting, you know, like where we're going as a society where things are much, we want convenience. We yeah. want it. We want it now. We want it easy. We want it quick and, and processed and processing foods is how we get it to last longer. Yeah. Um, it definitely, you know, it's, it's like there are probably less people who are starving now, but it's what they're getting still of a quality in which, you know, it's going to lead to a longer lifestyle yeah definitely yeah. not um that's that's definitely an open question it's just you know we 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 want to get food to people as quickly as possible for you know i mean unfortunately as cost effectively as possible yeah and if you have stuff going expired on the shelves it's not very cost effective right yeah. yeah preservatives and, and things like that you know i mean there's a reason why it's called a preservative it has preserve in it so it can last longer yeah you know which which obviously there's still a lot of studies and science that's still out there to, to figure out what the long-term effects of some of these things are but we're starting to see it you know in in kind of the 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 culture that we have you know uh, in america and many you know developed nations around the world so well and in another interesting thing kind of like talking about the different factors in the human body is like inflammation's one but also what your gut biome gets used to, like what you feed your gut biome is what it's going to want. So if you're eating a diet full of processed foods, you're going to start craving processed foods. And if you cut out processed foods, you eat more clean, you won't be craving the processed foods as much. So it's kind of like there's this whole microbiome living inside of your gut that kind of signals to your brain what you want, which is incredibly interesting. Which we might get into another, maybe another week we can. The inflammation thing is interesting, and I Mm -hmm. I know this kind of which one attacks inflammation? Is that keto? Is that what you're saying? Well, it's yeah, it it, yeah decreases inflammation throughout the whole body. So if you have a lot of diets that are clean, help reduce. And and the reason like a lot of plaque buildup happens is if you have a pressure on like the outer arterial outer artery wall, you need to have like that counteracting pressure. So it builds up plaque so that way it can like basically reinforce the wall and like keep it. So that's a fun fact. That's not exactly, <laughs> I didn't know. I wasn't exactly sure. That's, I didn't know that. That's, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. So it, it's, it's your body trying to counteract the inflammation, but it's not that cholesterol's this, you know, devil that's flowing through us and <laughs> killing us. Like it, it's, it has a purpose. It's there for a reason and it can be used as a fuel source, but well, fat can be used as a fuel source. Which, yeah. To kind but of, yeah. if you're having all these carbs and all this fat, 
it's like your body's like, well, I have so much fuel and I'm inflamed. All right, let's start building up, you know, putting cement on the walls so that way they don't cave in. Yeah. Yeah. And to kind of wow. dive in a bit more, we can kind of start talking about keto a little bit more and what keto really is. But like we've mentioned, it's a low carb, high fat diet. Um, and it shifts your body's metabolism to make energy instead of with carbs as we're accustomed to. Um, and you get your energy from fat and ketones. So, uh, it's like we were talking about earlier, the benefits are, you know, it helps against diabetes, cancer, epilepsy, Alzheimer's even, and more research is coming out, you know, as of late to kind of boost those benefits. Um, and if you've heard of the Atkins diet, a lot of people relate it to the, It's like similar to the Atkins. Um, but basically you just, your body becomes really efficient at burning fat for energy instead of burning carbs. Um, yeah. And I don't remember the exact date, but this has been known about for since the 50s, I want to say. I don't remember when that, do you remember when that document came out? I don't, But it, it was originally used for epilepsy. They realized yeah. that giving a really high fat diet, decreasing carbs to less than 25 grams a day, or no, cal- yeah, um, they're, like epilepsy was being almost eradicated from these kids. Yeah. Wow. So... It's just That's amazing. where it started, and then it just kind of like fizzled out. People didn't really catch on to the study, and yeah, the sugar industry, you know, pushed all those billions of dollars. <laughs> Big sugar. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. But I think in part of that, and correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm remembering this not accurately, but it was because of the inflammation on the brain that was causing yeah. those epileptic seizures. Well, it was part of it. It could be. Yeah, yeah it could, it be. could be. That, that's the like, biggest takeaway that a lot of scientists were saying was yeah. that it was more than likely the inflammation that was causing the seizures. and On different parts of the brain yeah. that would trigger it, which is just nuts. Yeah. Totally nuts that your food can hold the cure to helping your body function yeah. without those types of issues. I mean, yeah. it definitely makes sense. I mean, it's just it's different chemicals that are doing different things to your body. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. That's why we have, you know the pharmaceuticals that we have is different chemicals reacting with your body in a different way to help you. So for something that's a chemical that we're putting in our bodies, you know, two to three times a day at high amounts, and that's where we get our energy. That's where we get basically like you have to do it or else you're going to die. I mean, that's not surprising to me that it can have such a major impact on our body chemistry and and what our bodies are capable of. Yeah. And yet people uh, don't drink water all day and they drink Bud Light and soda water people hydrate it's amazing we know someone who thought once you turn 21 you did you stopped <laughs> drinking water and you started drinking bud light because that's what adults did <laughs> water was for children and bud light was for adults but it's got all that wet stuff in it it does have all that wet stuff <laughs> god i love that line from osmosis jones <laughs> but yeah i mean it's crazy Water's water's its whole other. No, thing. yeah, I mean, yeah, but yeah, you're yeah. you're absolutely right. You're like you're putting this chemi- like chemicals in your body to give it its energy. Mm-hmm. You would think that would have repercussions other than this produces energy, right? And you know, I, I mean, and water is its own topic. I think, yeah, but, uh, yeah. you know, like mo- the majority of people walking around today are living a dehydrated lifestyle. Oh, they yeah. just oh. don't even know it. Yeah, um, or they've become used to feeling dehydrated, right. so they don't yep. even realize. Yep. But I think the thing is, like, once you start to feel thirsty, you've already been dehydrated for, like, a certain amount of time. So, yeah. you know, 
once you get to that thirst level, you're you got to really catch up. Well, and then some people like think that they're hungry, but they're actually thirsty. Yeah. So they'll eat instead of actually going and drinking water. And that doesn't exactly help. And then they're also not working out, so then they're eating more than they Dating. should be. And yeah. yeah. I gotta say though, the no carbs thing a part of keto would be like dang near impossible for me. Well, and it's not necessarily yeah. no carbs. I mean, you do eat carbs. A lot of your carbs come from like healthy veggies um, and but stuff like I mean, that. It's but very low. Yeah, very low. You're not going to be having bread. Yeah. Sorry. That, yeah, we're gonna have to <laughs> we're gonna have to find one of these diets that lets me have a lot of bread. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just personally, after doing keto and then kind of uh, before keto, we actually tried Whole Thirty. Hmm. Um. And then after keto and kind of how we eat now, I guess is basically paleo. Yeah. Which, and we can kind of talk about that too. I've got which we've been non-strict on, on for a couple of months where we're having Chick Fil A. Yeah. So I mean, paleo is we try to eat as clean as possible. Yeah, paleo is basically clean eating, whole foods, avoid processed foods, um, and just making sure you get kind of a well-rounded variety. So you're getting your proteins and meats and fish and good healthy fats and you know fruits and veggies and all that just good healthy food um but personally i mean since we did all of that and i kind of better understood what reacted negatively in my own body i mean if i stick with eating clean it's so much easier to avoid the foods that i might have once like had been comfort foods or just ones that i craved and I feel so much better. I mean, I just feel so much better. My mentally, I'm clear. I have more energy. And it's just, it makes a world of difference. And then it's sad because I'll go and have like a meal like here in San Antonio. We have Mama Margie's. And I mean, if you go to Mama Margie's, you got to have the rice and beans and you got to have the tacos. And like, it's good when you're eating it. But then 20 minutes later, I'm like doubled over with like stomach cramps because... It just doesn't sit well with my body anymore. And I think it's, I think that, you know, that's, you know, in any diet, any diet you choose, I think it's, there's a, there's a, I think there's a healthy connection you can have to that diet. I think there's the, the framework in which you say, this is what my goal is. This is what I'm going to try to accomplish. And this is the type of food that I want to be eating. Yeah. And then you have to kind of protect that feeling so that when you do step outside of it, you know, that you don't, you don't punish yourself. Like, no, I think there the, should never be yeah, punishments with food. I, I think the, sometimes we, you know, when you get in a roll, right, you'd go a whole week and you're like, I went a whole week doing, you know, paleo or keto, whatever. And then you're out with friends and they're like, hey, we're going to go to Chick-fil-A. And you're like, oh, no, I can't eat anything there. I think there is something to be said of making sure that you just stay positive about what you're doing because the worst thing that you can do is just kind of let that one thing say, Oh, well then I, if I'm not going to do it, you know, 100% of the time, what's the point? And then you kind of spiral out of it and then you kind of get back into whatever, you know, unhealthy habits. But I, I think, I think that's a, that's something that, that people really struggle with. I know I struggled with it when I was doing my completely paleo diet. Um, you know, I, I really like Whataburger and, and when you get, you know, when you, when you're like, I want a, you know, a chicken sandwich, it's not, you know, you're just like, I want a chicken sandwich, <laughs> you know, but that's, doesn't fit in what I'm doing. Am, am I a failure? And the answer is no, you're not a failure. No, no. It's being, having a diet is not about being perfect. Having a diet is, 
making sure that you're putting the chemicals in your body that's going to enable you to do the things you want to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and meeting, if you always keep that goal in mind, which again, we kind of stress shouldn't be weight or, you know, whatever, really. I mean, our goal is we want to live a healthy life and feel healthy and be as free from disease as we can. And a good, healthy diet kind of leads us that way. But yeah, I mean, one meal here and there isn't going to break the progress you've made. And it should never be about... Unless you're doing keto for the first time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you... As shitty as it is, you have to be strict for at least the first three months the first time you're ever doing keto. Yeah. Just because you need that time for your body to switch over to using ketones. Yeah. Interesting. So you do need that. Like if you give it some, you know, carbs and it's like, oh, I got glycogen again. It's not going to... It's just going to take longer to switch over. And now it doesn't... some people it happens quicker some people happen slower that's why they say typically just wait three months and then you'll be completely on ketones and your body will be more adaptive when it goes back and forth yeah so totally agree yeah yeah yeah. most of the time unless you're doing that for the first time ever yeah and then just but again suck it up for the three months and as shitty as it is you can have fun after that yeah but again it's like don't punish yourself. Yeah, d- or don't beat don't punish over yourself. The head because you couldn't. I mean, keto's hard, especially if you're going from more of a standard American As, diet. Especially any, any diet is hard. Yeah. Yeah. I would argue that. I mean, like, yeah, no. I mean, keto obviously seems like a much stricter one. Yeah. And I'm not to, you know, I, I think that's still your point, but you know, changing your diet to make it either more healthy or trying to attack a certain, you know, like especially in the target. United States. Yeah. I mean, there's gosh, yeah. I well, mean, and how many fast food places it's more, are yeah. just on Northwest military? It's, like, and when we say more difficult, it's more expensive. It takes more time. It, it's yeah, it's and something it is you such have to make shame. a priority. Yeah, it's such a shame that healthier food is more expensive. Obviously, it makes sense. It's grown differently. It's you know brought into stores differently. It takes more of an effort in a way. I, I you know I, I think the key really when it comes to to dieting, at least when it's been positive for me, has been make sure that. You have the framework, stick with the framework, but every once in a while I can go off, you can go off of it and it's okay. Yeah. And I think for me, it's like, have a healthy relationship with food. Don't let it become obsessive. You know, set your goals, kind of like Austin's saying, set your goals and make them, you know, goals that you can really keep. Like, don't get crazy with it either. If you know you're not going to be able to reach something, be reasonable with your goals and feel accomplished when you meet them and... Make you know. small goals. Yeah. So you're... You're winning. You're winning. Yeah. And just try to live a healthier life. We, you know, we definitely promote that. But, uh, yeah. So hopefully this got you guys thinking. You know, get involved on our social pages and leave us some comments and let us know your thoughts on uh, kind of what your relationship with food is and some of your food goals and what diets you want to try or have tried and kind of your experiences with them. We'd love to hear it. And where can they find us? They can find us on Facebook, and we'll have more information in the notes. And Instagram. And Instagram, yes. We have our Instagram, Two Wolves Wellness, and Facebook, Two Wolves Wellness. Reddit page. Reddit page, and we'll get, um, we're kind of toying around with the idea of having like either a private or public Facebook page that our listeners can go to and really get into discussions, and same with the Reddit. That's kind of like the place for discussions as well. So we'll get all that information put up on our website and in our show notes, and yeah, we will... See you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Adios.